0: A little over a year ago, we began a conversation with, with uh, Tori Hammer, who was graduating from Bible College, University, Southeastern University, and she needed to do an internship, and we said, why not here, why not us? And it seemed to be a good idea to us and to the Holy Spirit. And he brought her here and and the longer she was here, the more we said, you have to stay. We've got to have you here on our team. And we prayed and she prayed and we agreed this is a good thing. And yet Southeastern University continued to call her almost every other month and say, come back, come back. We want to hire you. We want you to be a part of our team. and Tori has brought some, some amazing uh, atmosphere and presence, and, and God has used her to unite the young adults in this region. And, and yet God has also spoken to her, and she has accepted a position back at Southeastern University uh, as the resident director for over 300 girls. And so she is going back there soon. And uh, we are going to miss her terribly around here. Uh, the spark that Tori brings and has brought and has the words that she has shared time and time again here in this pulpit have been life-changing. And uh, we just want to honor her today. And I've asked her to come and share her heart and the Word of God with you. Um, Tori will be gone in a couple of weeks. Uh, back to her new calling. And so would you welcome with me this morning, our Young Adults Pastor for the next couple of weeks, Tori Hammer.
1: Like you said, today is bittersweet. And I actually, I'm going to do my best to keep it together. This place is home. And so... I actually wrote a letter to you guys because I wanted to be able to say everything I needed to say and then we're gonna dive into the word and have a really good time. So I'm super excited. Dear Power Place family, my heart is overwhelmed with all that this day brings. I feel confident in the leading of the Holy Spirit throughout this entire decision, but it doesn't make this any easier. A year and three months ago, I set out to impact a region. I felt called to impact my generation in this church. And it wasn't too long into my time here that I realized that it was my heart and my life that were being impacted, far more than I expected. From the moment I got here, God confirmed that it was right. From the blessing of a car and a place to live to the welcoming arms that met me at the door my first Sunday, every anxious thought I had about moving my life here, I experienced the complete faithfulness of Jesus. Being here has increased my faith, it has given me joy, and it has allowed me to experience true freedom in being who God has called me to be. I'll never forget the moments of impact that started to change the trajectory of my life. I'll never forget the conversation I had with Liz Marini in the first few weeks I was here, where I left with bigger dreams than I came in with. A lot of impromptu impromptu dinners at the Reinheimers. The way that my young adult team became my friends. The way this church came behind a dream of gathering a generation and we did it. Yes, love that one. (laughs) I'll never forget all the nurses and medical professionals who helped me when I swallowed that crazy pin (laughs) and made me come out alive again. The fact that this church these people have pushed me farther than I ever thought I could go, stretched me to grow my capacity to love, and supported me to dream bigger and more often. Words cannot begin to describe how grateful I am for each of you in this church, and I pray that, uh, I pray that the way I have been impacted in this place would be the catalyst of how I impact those around me in the next season of my life. While it's hard saying goodbye, I'm excited to know that you will always hold a piece of my heart here in Kennett Square. As I prepare to transition to the next phase of where God is leading me, I pray that you would be inspired to live boldly, ready to take on whatever God has for you. Thank you, who knew I was gonna need a whole pack of tissues? My goodness. Like I said, transition is never easy. No matter how you look at it, it affects not only the person transitioning, but it affects the people who are involved. And so this church has meant the world to me in the past year and three months. And I am so, so, so grateful to stand here and preach my last message for now at the Power Place. And I'm excited to share with you in the next season of where god is leading. You know, following god's call is kind of a crazy thing sometimes. Sometimes the the where god leads you catches you by surprise. It catches you off guard, it catches the people around you off guard. Sometimes you don't expect when god says, "Okay, the time is now." The time is now, the time is now for you to for you to move on to the next thing that I have for you. And there are times where it doesn't quite make sense. And I love what Dustin said, when it doesn't make sense, you know that it's God. I get it, I'm there, I understand. And I think a lot of times we go into seasons like this, seasons of change, and um, we, we say things like, oh, you know what, it's just gonna take a leap of faith, which is very true, but that's also, I feel like that's kind of the sugary way of saying that this kind of feels like a death fall, hoping, that where I land is where God wants me to be. So sometimes leap of faith doesn't quite cut it because it's a little too positive. It's a little too uh, knowing. Oh, I'm just taking a leap of faith. It's so kind, so wonderful. When sometimes it feels like, okay, God, I'm about to like fall into who knows what, into the unknown and I'm trusting that where you are, where I'm gonna land is where you want me to be. And, you know, I don't know if you remember the first message I ever preached at the power place. Um, It was actually the first message I ever preached in my life, Um, talking about living bold. And we talked about how trust and boldness, they kind of go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. You have to have trust in order to be bold. And in order to be bold, you have to have trust, right? Kind of goes one in the same. We also talked about the story of Peter and how um, he's, the story of him stepping out onto the water, out of the boat, is one of the most beautiful pictures of boldness in the Bible. But we talked about how before Peter ever took a step of boldness, he showed his trust a few verses before when Peter called out to Jesus on the water, and he said, uh, Lord, if it's really you, call my name. If it's really you out there, call my name and I will come to you on the water. I will step out into the unknown. I will step out into the, onto the impossible if it's really you. You see, Peter's boldness didn't just come the moment he stepped out of the boat. It came the moment he recognized his trust in who Jesus was, that where he was in the boat was not worth staying if Jesus was on the water, right? So trust and boldness go hand in hand. I feel like trust is never something that we can get past. I don't think we ever get to a point where we master this idea of trust. Life constantly throws curveballs. It constantly uh, puts us in places where we have to make the decision, and trust is redefined. And I feel like in this season of my life, I feel like trust in my life is being redefined. I wanna throw another word out there. We know that trust and boldness go hand in hand. I wanna throw another word in there, obedience. It's not really our favorite word. If you're a kid, you hate that word, obedience. But you see, obedience is the outward view of the inward work of trust, right? The outward view of the inward work of trust. So if you trust in all that God is doing, you will take the obedient step into a bold decision. Follow me, kinda of fits how all these things fit together. So if you trust in the Lord, you will be obedient, and that obedience will always lead you to boldness. Today I wanna to preach my last message, like I said for now, here at The Power Place it's titled get off the platform fitting right get off the platform let's pray god i thank you for what you are doing in this church i thank you that today is a new day that what you are doing is just beginning god we place our trust in you we place our hope in you I pray that today that faith would rise in the, in the fellowship of believers, God, that faith would rise, that we would be willing and able to step out, to trust and obey where you are leading is better than where we are. God, we thank you for what you are doing. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to every heart in this room. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to take a trapeze class. Now, it was one of the craziest things I've ever done. Whenever you play those games, the like, um, never have I ever, um, wait, not never have I ever, whatever that game is, I always use that as my like fun fact. I took a trapeze class. And um, so my friends and I, we found it on Groupon, so we decided, let's go. One of my friends was getting married, so we were like, let's do this as our big last thing all together. So we get in the car, we drive to DC. We show up in the middle of D.C. to this, like, pop-up circus tent. Like, literally in the middle of D.C. Not just, like, there's buildings everywhere and then a circus tent. And this thing, we even checked our GPS because this circus tent was a little shoddy. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this thing. But we walk inside and there's platforms at all different levels in this couple-story high tent and ropes and all this craziness looks terrifying. To be honest, I was trying to figure out what trapeze was already on our way there. I mean, I knew from like the circus when I was a kid, but I was like, how do you take a trapeze class? That doesn't even make sense. So we show up, we go through this like safety training course to make sure that we knew what we were doing. It gives you the basics of what you're going to do. And then they harness you all up. And then one by one, we had to climb up this the tallest ladder you've ever seen in your life. So we're climbing up the ladder. So if you're not already afraid of the idea of trapeze, then you get on this rickety old ladder that by the time you get to the top, you're shaking back and forth like this. So if you're not already afraid of trapeze, you get on the ladder and you're terrified. You get up to the top of the ladder and you have to step onto this little tiny platform, maybe two by two, like little platform, couple stories high. And there's another person on the platform with you. The instructor goes up with you. So it was my turn, and I get up to the top of the ladder, and I'm shaking back and forth. I'm terrified. I, like, step onto the platform with the instructor and move my toes to the edge of the platform where they're just hanging off just a little bit. And she, the instructor made sure that we were all harnessed in, whatever that whole process is. She brought a big bar with a rope and pulled it close. And as I grabbed onto the bar, the bar weighed like 50 pounds or something. It was so heavy that it was pulling you off. So the instructor grabs the back of your harness and says, lean out as far as you can without falling. It's like... Is this real life? I just came off of a rickety ladder. I'm standing on a platform that's barely enough for my feet. And so I'm standing there. She goes, lean out. So I'm leaning out, holding this really heavy bar. And everything inside of me is saying, go back down. Go back down. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. And so in trapeze, the words that you say are ready, which means bend your knees. So you're standing on the edge of the platform. Ready. And then hep and then you're supposed to just jump off. So the first time, she goes, ready, I'm like this, I'm like, okay, here we go, closing your eyes, of course. Um, she goes, ready, hap, and I'm still standing on the platform. So I was like, okay, hey, can we try it one more time, because I don't know, I'm a little scared. So we do it again, and she goes, ready, hep. And the rest is history. I was flying through the air. It was a really exciting experience. And I actually have a video from my very first time I did trapeze. So don't judge me. I know it looks a lot. It doesn't look as high from the ground level. So I promise you, it's way higher when you're up there. But you can go ahead and roll that video. that every Christian needs to take a trapeze class. If you have any kind of fear in your life, I am telling you, go find a pop-up circus tent in the middle of D.C. and conquer that fear because that was exhilarating. I experienced Jesus doing that thing. (laughs) You best believe it. There's something I want to point out in that video, and that's the, the reason I wanted to show you. In order for me to hear the instructor, and the instructions of what to do, I had to jump off the platform. We got the basics in the training, but in order to fully understand what was coming next, I had to jump off the platform and listen to the instructor. Now, I, I think that there are so many times that we get stuck on the platform without getting off, and it is when we get off of the platform, when we get out of the security and the comfort of where we are, that is where we hear the call of God. That is where we experience where God is leading us to go. There's a story in the Bible that I want to I take us to. We're going to hang out um, in Judges chapter 7, but I want to give you a little backstory because here's the thing. Whenever you look throughout history, you look throughout the Bible, you look at the most influential people, right before they reach destiny, right before the very purpose that they were placed on the earth happens for them, there's a moment of obedience. There's a moment where they listen to the call and they step out into the unknown. No idea what's coming next, but listening for the voice of God. And so I want to talk to you about a biblical hero. His name is Gideon. A lot of you probably have heard the story of Gideon. He's one of those controversial characters in the Bible. We love to hate him. We hate to love him. He's kind of wishy-washy. He, he questions God, and yet God uses him in an incredible way. He doubts God, and yet he's credited for this incredible faith in Hebrews chapter 11. So he's one of those kind of back-and-forth characters. We don't quite know what to do with him. But I want to give you the backstory because there's a moment right before Gideon reaches his destiny that he had to choose Am I going to stay on the platform of what I know? Or am I going to follow where God is leading into the unknown? You see, let me give you a little backstory before we uh, go to our scripture in Gideon chapter 7. I'm going to give you the really quick like movie trailer version of, of Gideon's life. If you want to, Gideon has such a cool story, I encourage you, like, go read the full film, it's awesome, he's got a great life. Well, I'll give you a quick synopsis. Gideon was born in a time where the Midianites were in control of Israel. Now the Midianites were like evil people, they were sinful, uh, they, they worshiped idols and all that different stuff, but not only were they sinful people, they were just bullies. Like they were straight up bullies. They would, um, they would let the Israelites plant all their crops and then in the middle of the night come and destroy all the crops. So they'd like give hope that, okay, it's going to be different this time and in the middle of the night destroy even all the hope. They're just bullies. Like nobody likes bullies. If you're a bully in here, stop. Nobody likes bullies. If you're being bullied in here, make sure you tell somebody. Nobody likes bullies. Everybody will be on your side. Separate note, anybody who needs counseling, please go see it. Bullying is real. So the Midianites were bullying the Israelites. And uh, we find Gideon for the first time. He is in the wine press uh, doing stuff with the wheat. So he's actually hiding from the Midianites when we first see Gideon. He's hiding, uh, making sure that the Midianites don't find where they're keeping the wheat, all that different stuff. God comes down. It says, the Lord sat down underneath a tree next to Gideon and said, the first thing that uh, the Lord does is greet him with, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now listen, I want you to understand. Gideon's hiding, There's not really much mighty going on there. So Gideon's hiding and the Lord says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Can you imagine what Gideon's thinking in that moment? Probably this like extreme sense of guilt. of like, I guess I probably should be mighty. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon immediately goes into, pardon me, but... If the Lord is with me, then all of this should not have happened. Pardon me, if the Lord is with me, uh, is, if the Lord is with Israel, then all of this stuff that has happened should not have happened the way that it did. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where it feels like God has kind of been silent. And when God reveals himself to you, it feels like we talk about your faithfulness all the time, but where have you been? Gideon immediately in that moment had this blame against God. And God simply said, the Lord is with you mighty warrior. Am I not sending you? So God kind of turned it right around on Gideon and immediately Gideon took the blame from God and put it on himself. And Gideon said, who am I? I'm the weakest in my clan. I'm the weakest in my family. Gideon took that blame right from God and God kind of revealed it was on him. And then God says, you're going to defeat the Midianites, the weakest, but actually a mighty warrior. And so God says, you're going to defeat the Midianites, and you're going to do it in the most incredible way. And so Gideon says, you know what? I just need to know that I know that I know that I know that this is what you're going to do. Like, I need to know that your promises are true, because I don't know. Right now I'm a little confused. So Gideon has these two tests for the, uh, for God. And so he does, he takes this piece of fleece and he says, "God, if if this is what you're calling me to do, then I'm going to put the fleece out overnight and when I wake up, the fleece will be wet and the ground will be dry from dew." So just the fleece. So he goes to bed, does that, and God does it. He wakes up, the fleece is dry or the fleece is wet, the ground is dry. But then Gideon says, uh, pardon me, my Lord, but can I just do it one more time? And this time, how about the ground is wet and the fleece is dry? And so he does that, and the next morning he wakes up, and the ground is wet and the fleece is dry. And so Gideon's like, okay, I know that this is what God is calling me to. So he starts putting his army together, and um, in an ironic twist to the story, Gideon had two tests for, for God. God then had two tests for Gideon. Gideon, if you defeat the army... The Midianites right now with this army. It'll be credited to you and not to me. So why don't you send anybody who's afraid, send them home. So about, I think it says about 10,000 men left. So Gideon drops his army a little bit. And then God says, "Mm, you know what? If you, win this, if you win this battle, it'll be credited to you and not to me. So why don't you go down to the stream of Herod, or the um, spring of Herod and anybody, see how the men drink water, anybody who laps like a dog, those will be the ones uh, to defeat the army. So Gideon took the 300 men to defeat the Midianite army. And I want to take you to Judges chapter 7 verse. We're going to start in verse nine. And I want to read it for you because this is where we're going to pick up our story. And I believe what God is, God is speaking to us today. Judges chapter 7 verse 9. It'll be on the screen. It says, Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. During that night the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. If you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and his servant, Pura went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and all other eastern peoples had settled in the valley, thick as locusts. Gross, disgusting, I hate locusts. Their camels could be no more counted than the sand on the seashore. Side note, how cool would it be to go to a seashore and it all be camels? I think that'd be really cool. Verse 13, it says, Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. So he was in the enemy's camp, and he heard them saying, I had a dream. A round loaf of barley came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon and son of Joash the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. The story continues, and it is an incredible battle. I encourage you to go ahead and read it. God shows himself faithful in such a cool way with 300 men. But here's what I want to point out to you. Put yourself in Gideon's shoes for just a minute. Now, what do we know about Gideon already? Gideon's a tester. Gideon's a questioner. Gideon wants to know that he knows that he knows that what God has said is going to come to pass. And so imagine this moment where God says, get up, go to the camp, I'm gonna give you the Midianites, I'm gonna give you the battle. And then he says, and if you're like a little bit scared of this, why don't you go down before your army Like, leave your army behind. Why don't you go down before your army with your servant and simply be encouraged that God is going to come through? Okay, Gideon's like the tester, the planner. Can you imagine what he's thinking? Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's the plan? What could the plan possibly be? I'm supposed to defeat the Midianite army with camels more than the seashore, and I've got 300 men, and then I don't have a plan? Like, God, what's the strategy? Let's do this thing, let's let's do this together. And God says, get up, go down to the camp, and there you will hear the plan. And so it wasn't until Gideon got off of his platform, got out of his comfort zone, got out of where he was, stepped into the unknown, into the enemy's camp, that God revealed the next steps, that God revealed the plan for his life. You see, no matter what we like to say, we are people of the plan. I mean, you can say that you're a free spirit, and that's great, but we have kids in middle school taking career tests, trying to tell them what, to, what plan to make for the rest of their life. We are people of the plan, whether we like it or not. And so in, in this moment, I can't imagine. I can't imagine having to go before I knew the plan. And yet so many times in life, I believe God is calling us to a place of such faith, of such trust, and of such obedience that we will be willing to forget the plan because God will give it to you if you're willing to step out. There comes a moment of obedience where you have to say, God, I trust that you have this in control. I trust that your plan is greater than mine. I may not have the plan but I know that you do. So I'm willing to take the step out into the unknown. You know why the unknown is so scary? Because it's unknown! Nobody knows what's gonna happen. It's like stepping onto water and and trying to walk on it. Seems impossible. And yet there are moments in your life where, uh, where you're faced with the decision. Am I gonna stay on the platform or am I gonna follow the call of God? You might just be on the edge of your destiny, but you have to be willing to step out. You have to be willing to get off of the platform. I don't know what has kept you there for so long. For me, it is fear of failing. It is fear of what people could think. Insecurity, it's comfort. You know what's what's so hard about leaving comfort? that it's uncomfortable it's hard it's not fun but if you're willing to get off the platform you might just soar into the very destiny that God has you has for you in that moment you may not know the answer right now you may not know the plan right now go get up go to the camp and there you will be encouraged There you will be encouraged. Even the disciples in the New Testament, they were people of the plan. In the last conversation that they had with Jesus in Acts chapter 1, uh, Jesus tells them, okay, you stay here, for I am going. Jesus was about to ascend ascend into heaven. He says, you stay here, the Holy Spirit is coming, and he will lead you and guide you the simple instructions that God get, or Jesus gives in that moment. And you know what the first thing the disciples say? The first thing that they say is, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? In other words, hold up. What's the plan? What's, like, what's happening next? What are, what, are we, what are we waiting for? Are you going to do this? What's your plan? And Jesus says in exact words, this is not for you to know. Wait on my Holy Spirit and He will lead you the way. This is not for you to know. And you know, this season of my life, the past few weeks, I feel like I have been in that moment where it doesn't necessarily make sense, and yet there is peace to know that where God is leading me is far better than where I would be if I stayed on the platform, if I stayed in the comfort of where I I am now. You see God is constantly speaking, God is constantly leading. You have the opportunity to trust and obey. Trust is a da- excuse me, trust is a daily practice. Obedience is a daily choice. And if you will choose every single day to simply put your trust in God, to obey the small things that God is calling you to, When you're faced before a life-altering decision, you'll be ready to make that jump. You'll have already gone through the safety course, you'll have already known the basics, and you'll be ready to take the jump. Just like a bird cannot reach its full potential in the nest, it has to fly, you cannot reach your full potential in the comfort of the platform. You have to be willing to take the jump. Sometimes it feels like the death fall. I wish I could say that this the last few weeks in this season where I feel like God is redefining this idea of trust in my life. I wish I could say that it makes this conversation so much easier. It doesn't. It's hard. Goodbyes are hard. Transition is hard. And yet I have confidence knowing that God is leading me. It doesn't make it any it doesn't make this moment any easier. I don't know what you're facing in your life. I don't know what curveballs may have been thrown. I don't know where God is redefining trust in your own heart, in your own life. It could be that you're facing a life-altering decision. It could be that you're not facing a life-altering decision. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your relationships, your career. God is always calling us to go deeper always calling us, there's more in you. There is more in you. If you're not constantly having to replace your trust in God, you're not going deep enough. You're not stepping out enough because our walk with God is simply that. It's a walk with God. The Bible says that the word of God is the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. And a lamp doesn't show you the end product. It's not a spotlight. It doesn't show you where you're going, but it tells you the next step. Every step, we have the decision to trust and obey. Like Gideon, you may have to step out into some unknown territory, but there you will be encouraged. God will show you where to go and what you need to do. The promises of God are that He is always with you, mighty warrior. The promises of God are that he goes before you, that he stays with you, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, that he is leading. God is faithful to finish what he has started in your life, in my life, in everyone's life. God is faithful to finish it. But you have to be willing to take the step. You have to be willing to keep going, to keep growing, to keep learning to keep facing these moments where you have to make the decision, am I going to stay on the platform of my comfort, of my insecurity, of whatever it is that's held you back? Or am I going to take that death fall into trust and know that God has something better, that God has something more? There is more in you. There is more in you. And as the worship team comes, we're going to kind of close with this thought. There might be some of you in here who would say, man, you guys talk about the faithfulness of God every single week. You may not have, you may be thinking that God's been kinda silent in your life. Maybe you feel like you haven't been able to hear, maybe you feel like you've taken so many risks and you haven't heard where God is leading you to go. Here's the thing. You are not the exception to the promise. If you've ever felt like God is kind of being silent, or maybe that you feel like it's not happening as fast as you want things to, you're not the exception to the promise. You are the reason for the promise. You see, the promise of God is that it's a promise, it doesn't happen immediately. And so if you're not experiencing Maybe the promises that you feel God has given you, you're not the exception to it. You're the reason for it because the promise is what builds trust. The promise is what builds your faith to say, okay, God, I'm gonna choose right now, even though I might not feel it, even though it might not make total sense, I'm gonna choose to trust. I'm gonna choose to walk in obedience to where you have me. The purpose of a promise isn't the reward it's learning to trust as you wait for the promise to be fulfilled you're the reason for the promise you're the reason for the faithfulness of God this is my last time preaching at the power place and as bittersweet as it is, I'm so excited about the next step that God has for me. I've been reflecting this last week and just asking God, okay, God, what is one thing that I can leave people with? Like, what is the thing that you've been teaching me the most in this past year? And it's simply that trusting the promise of God is worth it. It's worth experiencing the faithfulness of God, it's worth the risk. Simply putting your trust something bigger than yourself, it's a risk. But we know that we know that we know that God has given us the keys to the kingdom. God has given us the 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 idea, the eternity. He has given us eternity. And so now we wait and we trust and obey. We trust and obey every single day. Could be small decisions, could be conversations that that you need to trust and obey, that God wants you to have with your coworker, with your family, among your finances. Trust and obey. Trust is the, or uh, obedience is the outward view of the inward work of trust. When you trust, you will learn to obey. And when you obey, God will always lead you into bold situations. God will always lead you into moments where you are required, okay, this is the moment. Ready, Hep? Are you gonna go, or are you gonna stay on the platform? you might just be on the edge of your destiny. Are you willing to give that up for the comfort of the platform? or Are you willing to step out into the unknown, into the place where maybe your understanding comes to an end, but we know that that's where the peace of God begins. Today, we have an opportunity to stand in the presence of God like we do every week, like we do throughout the week. We're given these opportunities. And today, I believe God is calling us to a new level. I believe God is calling us to a new level of trust, to a new level of obedience. I don't, know, I don't care how long you've done the church thing, how long you've known Jesus, or how short you've known Jesus. Maybe you've never even accepted the Lord into your life. Today is the day that God is giving you the opportunity to trust and obey. If you'd all stand with me, I wanna pray for you. If you don't mind closing your eyes, giving every person the privacy of this moment. God's stirring in some hearts right now, speaking clearly. It's time, it's time to get off the platform. It's time to go and follow the call of God even if it means going into unknown places God's calling you to get off the platform your destiny is right around the corner if you would say Tori I'm here I've felt this stirring in my heart for a while I've I've felt you calling me to different things, whatever that may be in your life, but maybe something has kept you in that comfort place. Maybe it's been security. Maybe it's been safety. Maybe it's the comfort of knowing <laughs> what the platform looks like. If you feel like god is calling you to go deeper today you feel like god is calling you to a new level of trust i simply want to pray with you i'm there i'm right there i get it god is calling me to a deeper level of trust god is redefining what i've always known he's showing more because there's more in you and there's more in me If you would say that that is you, just simply slip up your hand so I can know who I'm praying with while I stand with you. God is calling us deeper. God is calling us to more. Are you gonna be willing to trust and obey to step into the unknown? Jesus, we thank you. We give you all of the glory and the honor. We exalt your name. God, we thank you that you have called us into a deeper relationship with you. We thank you that where we are is not where we will always be, God, but you call us where we will be because you are with us. God, I thank you that your promises are yes and amen. I thank you that your promises are true, that you are faithful to finish what you start. And so today, God, we place our trust in you. We simply raise our hand in surrender to say, God, we are willing to trust and obey where you are calling us to go, even if it means unknown, even if it means uh, that you might not know the full plan. God, we are trusting and obeying to take the next step. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing. Pray that you would continue it. And then if you're in here and maybe you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, you've never, uh, you've never made the decision to publicly say, I give my life to what you have, maybe today is your day to get off that platform and to follow where God is leading into a relationship with him. God sent his only son Jesus to die for all of us so that we could have eternal life, so that we could live in relationship with him, so that we can walk with him, that this life would be not uh, based on everything that we can do, but it is based on what God can do. If you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, the Bible says, "If you'll confess your mouth, He is faithful, to, faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins." Today, I want to ask you if you want to, if you want to uh, choose to follow Jesus today. Maybe for the first time. Maybe it's for uh, the eighth time. Would you simply slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. I want to welcome you into relationship with Jesus. God is faithful. God is just. He is calling you by name. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, we thank you for what you are doing. Jesus, we know that we are we are nothing without your love and your grace. We thank you that your grace is sufficient to cover all of our sin, to cover every place that we have been, and every place that we will be. I thank you that you are calling us by name, drawing us beckoning us towards your Holy Spirit. I thank you that today we are made new creations. God, that you have cleansed us white as snow in order to live in relationship with you. Thank you that you're calling us deeper, calling us to step out, to step out. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Would you just stretch your hand this way and let's pray for Tori in her new assignment. We weren't sure how long we'd be blessed with her, but we're glad for the season that God brought you here. You poured so much into all of us. We want to say thank you. Jesus, you're an awesome God. You're a gift giver and you gave us Tori for a season. It's been a good season, Lord. Thank you for the gift that she is. Thank you for how you've refined her in these months. Lord, you've done some amazing things in her heart. Lord, you have amazing things for her in the days to come. We just pray for those 300 young ladies that she's going to personally affect who will then be sent out into ministry across this world. Lord, your plan is huge. and We thank you, Lord, that you have brought her to the kingdom for such a time as this. Thank you for the, the seeds that she has planted in those here who will carry on the ministry that you started through her. Bless her indeed, I pray. Enlarge her territory. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon her. Establish the work of her hands for her. In Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, may this transition not be a, a scary one, May this platform be too small as she jumps off and says, I'm going for what God has for me. Put courage and boldness in her, even like she's never seen yet in her life. Use her in amazing ways. And Lord, thank you for the deposit that she has placed in us. May we step forward into the things that you have for us. And just like Gideon, We'll obey you every step of the way as we jump off the platform. Thank you, Lord. You're an awesome God. And we love you. We pray blessings over Tori today, the days to come. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Jump. Jump. Jump off the platform. Ready? Help. I think they're saying help. help. <laughs> Go for it, have a great week. Be Jesus with skin on. Let God use you. Amen.